Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi, everybody. I'm Fran Spielman, and with us today is David Axelrod, director and founder of the Institute of Politics at the University of Chicago. And you are one of the better interviewers and subjects that there are on the planet. Well, that's probably. nice of you to say, Fran. First of all, let me say it's great to be back at City Hall. As my my story kind of began here. And well, I'm still here, and you're not. What yes, does that and, say about and, both and of us? And as I've told you, <laughs> you you have all the institutional knowledge. It's good that there's someone here who has some sense of history. Yeah. Uh, but, um, uh, but boy, a lot of great memories in this building. Yeah, I mean, we met in 1979 covering Jane Byrne. What are your memories of that campaign, and how does it relate to what's going on today? It's really an interesting question. Well, I actually, I think there are more um, national kind of analogs, because she ran, as you remember, as a reformer. Uh, and um, and did very well in the African American community and among r lakefront liberals, really, and uh, forged her victory that way. Uh, she governed in a much different way, and it was a crazy time to be a reporter. As you remember, I, I watch what what's happening at the White House, and I remember uh, them. Uh, I remember the Burn administration trying to throw the Tribune out because they didn't like our coverage and. Uh, I remember confronting the mayor about things that she had said on the record on tape, and her never saying that. never said that. Yeah, so it was um, there was. I, I watch what's going on in Washington today, and I say, you know, I, I feel like I've lived this movie uh, before. But it was uh, it was a tumultuous time. It was it was exhausting too. Yeah. I, I I recall that, and yet another character from that era, Ed Burke, was raided by the federal government last week. What a day that was. What went through your mind when you heard that? Well, first of all, my uh, <coughs> assumption is that this is a pretty mature investigation for, for the FBI to raid an office at City Hall, knowing that it's going to be a public event uh, and cover windows with paper and so on, suggests to me that um, this, is, this, is, this wasn't an exploratory effort but the end of an investigation and we'll see what happens. He's been the subject of investigations before but you know I, uh, I've covered. This one is different I, though isn't I, it because it, it, of the raid? It, it feels raid. like it. It feels like it. You know I, Ed Burke talk about institutions in this building 50 years in the city council. He was here when I started writing about politics in Chicago when I was a college student writing for the Hyde Park Herald and, uh, and he's still here. Uh, he survived all those years, uh, investigations, political challenges, and so on. 
Um, and um, it, it, kind of extraordinary that at this stage in his life he should run in, into these problems. So, you know, we'll see what happens. He's, he's uh, survived past uh, probes and perhaps he'll survive this one. Is this the beginning of the end in one way or another for him, either by defeat, by resignation, if he were Well, that was another curious thing about the FBI raid, because there is this, now famously, this rule in the, in, within the FBI, within the Justice Department, not to take action uh, in the midst of a campaign. Well, he's in the middle uh, of a campaign, so this can't be helpful. He's, he has the first real serious threat, you know, uh, of his career now. The ward has changed demographically. Um, so, um, yeah, you know, one way or the other, um, this doesn't look very positive for Ed Burke. How do you expect it to end? I really don't know. Like I said, I think once you're raided like that, it, it usually portends uh, an indictment. Um, and then from there, uh, who knows? And I have to and say, I have, mixed, I have, I have mixed, mixed feelings about this because um, uh, I've known him forever, and you know, and as you know, he's a very smart guy. He's like he's a historian himself. You know, he's got a lot of passion uh, for all of this. But you know, we don't know what it is that he's uh, potentially going to be accused of, and one has to be accountable in, in public life. Do you think it'll be an indictment soon because it's near an election? Well, I must say, if, if, if this drags on and hangs over him in the course of this election, it, it seems unfair. Um, you know, they, 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 they need to be uh, at a point where they're ready to do something um, or else they've really, uh, they've really hurt him with the outcome undetermined of the probe. Did he stay too long at the dance? Is it another example of a Rastankowski, a guy who didn't know when it was time to relinquish power, couldn't give it up? Well, 50 years, you know, you could have said that 30 years ago or 40 years ago. Um, and, you know, as I said, he survived all those years. He. You know, I don't accept that this is just a uh, part of his entrepreneurial pursuits. I think he, as you know, because you've covered him, he does have passion for this. And um, so I can't uh, begrudge him wanting, uh, wanting to continue to serve. What, what no one can forgive is if there were violations of the law or if he abused his authority and the fact that they raided his government office and his political office, but not his law office suggests that whatever is involved here was a governmental slash political matter. Let's talk about Ram. You are his friend of 30 years. Were you surprised at his decision? Um, I really didn't know what decision he was going to make because he, he really does love this job and he anguished over giving it up. At the end of the day, I'm really happy for him. I think he made the right decision. I don't know if it's the right decision for the city, but at some point you have to make the right decision for yourself. And there is an argument, and it's related to what you just said before, that the, the mistakes that people make in politics are generally staying too long. They're rarely, if ever, leaving too soon.
Yeah. And to walk out on your own terms as opposed to losing. Right. Don't you think he might have had a really rough well, time Well, I think he, you know, uh, when, when Rahm uh, called me in 2001 and said he wanted to run for Congress in uh, the, the old uh, Rostenkowski-Blagojevich district, um, he asked me if I thought he would win, and I said, I, I know you'll win. And he said, how do you know I'll win? And I said, because you're like a heat-seeking missile. I mean, whatever you set your mind on, you get done. I think Rahm would have won. I think it would have been a very, um, a very difficult race. Um, but, you know, there is an intangible, not just the resources that he would have had to run, but there is an intangible that he has, uh, just, uh, just this indefatigable kind of uh, refusal to be denied. Two billion in taxation, the Laquan McDonald trial, the blaming of the way he handled the video. I mean, do you really believe he could have overcome all of that? I think he would have overcome it. Uh, I think it would have been difficult. I think it would have been a hard battle um, and a painful one. He, of course, would, if he were sitting here, he would say, he would talk about all the jobs and the headquarters that he's brought oh, to yeah, Chicago. And he'd talk about what he's done in the schools and, yeah. and um, you know, but, um, and he would have had the resources to tell that story, which is not inconsequential. But look, I, I think that uh, he was wise to leave when he did. He leaves To as, avoid the bloody battle. Yeah, a battle I think he would have won, but it would have been a difficult one, and it may have made it more difficult to govern yeah. at the end of it. And uh, this third way, term would have been difficult to govern third terms anyway, for because anybody. he would have been a lame duck. And third terms for any mayor, you look across the country, I mean, Chicago's unique because the dailies serve these long terms. But uh, generally, as you look across the country, third, look at Mike Bloomberg in New York. I think he would tell you the third term was uh, less productive, more difficult than the others. What do you expect him to do now? Piece well, I think he's life. pretty much previewing what he's going to do in the sense that he. You think he'll have a patchwork uh, career? Yeah, I think so. And I think what he will should. What include? The book? Yeah, he's going to write a book. He's yeah, announced that. that we know. He's clearly going to do some punditry. He enjoys yeah. that. Wh what channel is he going to? I don't know. I honestly don't know. And I think there are several. But Ari's negotiating it, I'm sure. Yeah, so he'll get a he'll get a great deal. I mean, I, <laughs> if he chooses to do that, and I suspect he may. I mean, he could also. The truth is, everybody's going to want to hear from Ram, and he could take no deal, and he can be on all the networks. Um, so he, but in one form or fashion, I don't think he's going to a monastery here. Uh, he'll teach at Kellogg. He's going to teach, and I'm sure he'll do something in, in business and finance. Some entrepreneur fund or venture capital Something thing that won't require his full time, but will, um, but will uh, engage him and obviously be, be uh, lucrative for him. And then he'll get bored, and then he'll run for something, which is well, that I, that's part of that. That's your What do you imputation. think as his friend? Um, I don't know. I mean, the question is, what, what could he run for? U.S. Senate, if Durbin steps, steps aside. Uh, yeah, first of all, I don't know if that's going to happen. But secondly, I don't know what kind of candidate Rahm would be statewide. I, I, yeah. you know, I, don't, um, I think if he serves in public office again, and um, I did a, a, uh, uh, one of my Axe Files TV shows on CNN, which is going to air um, With this weekend as we sit here. Um, I, I, I asked him about um, serving in, in a cabinet position if, if a president asked him to do that. He left the door open to that. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, what he, would interest he, him? I, 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 I didn't ask him specifically which, um, but 
this is a guy who really enjoys government. I mean, you know, he he loved his time in Congress. Not everybody does. He, uh, you know, he had a really, really uh, bracing and interesting time as chief of staff. Um, he had, you why know, seven years in the Clinton. Statewide? Why couldn't he? Well, I think any mayor of Chicago would have difficulties running statewide because there are these traditional res resistances to uh, to mayors. Um, you know, th there's no doubt that he will be in the mix in some form or fashion because he's had a lifelong passion for politics and government, and that doesn't end the day you walk out the door. How do you expect him to be remembered? I think he'll be remembered more fondly because of the way he's leaving, and that was one of the advantages of leaving, as you say, on his own steam. I think people can look more objectively at his legacy, and I think his legacy will be that he walked into a very difficult situation in uh, 2011, uh, and he, you know, he helped improve the city's finances. Still, some problems remain, but clearly better than where uh, the city was. He did very dramatic things in the public schools, some of which he paid a political price for, but the longer school day um, uh, hours, uh, pre, uh, you know, full day kindergarten, a start on full uh, on pre uh, preschool. Um, yeah, the school closings were a painful decision, and I think that they were painful not just because of the schools themselves, but because a lot of the closings took place because those communities have been depopulated, and they've been depopulated along with the depopulation, all the institutions in those communities, the stores, the banks, the all the institutions have gone, and now the schools were gone too, and that was painful and hard. And uh, where but, did he go wrong? Well, I, I, you know, it's easy to look back and say, well, you should have done this or you should have done that. I do think involving the community in the discussions about, for example, what those school buildings were going to become, how they might be turned into an asset for the communities, um, after-school programs, uh, job training centers, and so on. Those discussions could have been had, but there's no easy way uh, to do that. I think that those people who are running for mayor now, yeah, let's talk who, about are, those who are people. pledging that they will never close a school, yeah. uh, are being irresponsible. And that's, I guess, the, the nature of campaigns. But um, the fact is, you have a responsibility to the children who are in the system uh, to use those resources as well as you can to help educate them and keeping school buildings open that are half filled or a third filled uh, is irresponsible in a time when budgets are really, really difficult. Okay, so let's talk about some of these candidates. You know them all. Who do you see making the runoff? Because surely there will be one. Well, first of all, who's, who's going to make the ballot? I okay. think that's a question. Well, if you had a bet right now, who will make the runoff? Um, I mean, it, it, the reason I say who will make the ballot is that there seems to be a serious challenge to Susanna, to Susanna. Yeah. Mendoza, the former city clerk state controller, former state rep. I've thought that she would be a very competitive candidate if she's on the ballot. I still think she'll be a very competitive candidate. Um, you'd have to say that Tony Preckwinkle is a, uh, is, you know, she, she is a uh, countywide office holder. She's got a base. Um, you would think she would have a, a, a good chance to get into the runoff, but I don't, but she also has competition within that base. Um, Willie Wilson, I think, will get votes. Um, you know, um, Lori Lightfoot 
will get votes. I think Rising Amara Brown. Enya, if she's oh, on yeah. the ballot, I, I saw your interview with her. She's a very bright and in, uh, engaged person. And as you look around the country, these young you know, women of, of, of color have, have emerged as stars you know, in, in various venues. I would watch her as a, uh, as a factor in this race. But if you're Preckwinkle, you have to look over your shoulder and not assume that you have an undivided base. What she does have that is not to be discounted is the endorsement of the Chicago Teachers Union, the endorsement of the SEIU, probably the two most powerful political uh, you know, forces in labor in the city. That is no small uh, advantage. And then, you know, look, Bill Daly is my friend. He's been uh, my friend for 35 years. Uh, I, I've worked with him. Um, I like him and I respect him. Uh, he's, he, he's got a, a name that is a blessing and a curse. I think it, it, it gets him in the game, but he bears the, uh, the burden of a long-term legacy that is positive, but also uh, the sense of dynasty uh, that, uh, that, that trails him. Uh, but he, you know, probably as much as anybody can galvanize resources. I think there are a lot of, a lot of people in the business community who trust him. Um, uh, and um, so, you know, he, he, he should not be discounted, particularly depending on who winds up on the ballot. Gary McCarthy has a petition challenge against him. If he runs, he'll probably do well Northwest, Southwest, a uh, place where Daly could do well as well. Vallis could do well Northwest, Southwest. So he has, Daly has base, uh, base issues. So, you know, it's going to be interesting. I, um, just as an old political reporter, I'm, I'm eager to see how the whole thing shakes out. You think Amara Enya is the horse to watch then? I think she is a factor. I didn't say she'll be in the runoff. I think she's an, I don't know her. I just know what I saw of your discussion with her. Um, uh, and I know what people tell me. Um, and I know that um, uh, if she's on the ballot, she'll, prob she'll make an impression. That may mean that she'll, um, that she'll uh, get significant votes but not make the runoff. Um, but she will be a, a factor. I, I think so, yeah. A Obviously, if she, gets, if she gets votes that, um, if she takes votes uh, that Preckwinkle was counting on, that could change the dynamic. And who knows, you know, um, I went out of the prediction business on uh, about 8 o'clock at night on November 6th of 2016. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, you know, I don't want to say that, no, that anyone on the ballot can't catch the public imagination and... Uh, the chance the rapper endorsement yes. and the Kanye West, is that going to be a factor? Are the millennials well, really going to show up and vote, do you think? It's I a think question because the history of mayoral races is it hasn't engaged young people. Uh, in the city. Uh, that would be a challenge for her. Um, they, they, it will help in terms of resources, I assume. I think where she could benefit is from uh, televised debates. Yeah. Um, although it is difficult, as we saw in 2016, when you have a field that's so large, it's difficult for anyone to, 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 to really rise up in debates. I mean, Trump did it, but he did it sort of uh, in conjunction with a full court blitz of other media. And so, he was so outrageous that he got attention. Yeah. But yeah. so, I mean, you know, that's, 
uh, an issue. You could also see Lightfoot and uh, Enya kind of competing for some of the same votes. You know, every election is defined by the person who came, uh, who's leaving. Rahm, if you, if you say, what were his greatest strengths? I do think the education piece is a big story and one that he deserves credit for. The other is um, he has been a strong mayor in terms of bringing these corporate headquarters downtown, bringing thousands and thousands of jobs uh, to the city. But, um, you know, I, I suspect that people don't view him as a neighborhood mayor. And so it may be that people are looking for someone who has a deep connection with neighborhoods. I, I thought that Mendoza, um, that one of her strengths might be that she's a, you know, she's a younger Latina, comes from the neighborhoods, um, and, and exudes that kind of uh, connection. Does, Some of the other candidates do as well. Does, does Bill Daley need to do more to say, I am not my brother and here's how? You know, I don't know how much you can say that. I know, I, I, because, I, because I'm an avid reader of your coverage, I know that you're, you ask him that quite a yeah, bit yeah. in various contexts. He's going to have to deal with that. And, and not get annoyed by it, right? I, I, yeah, and I, I think that it's just a fact of life. And if I were he, I would just, I would, I would sail past that. I mean, he's asking people to judge him on his own experience and his own ideas. Thought he made a very good speech at the City Club uh, a couple of weeks ago in which he laid out in pretty, pretty uh, significant detail his view of what, what need, the next mayor needs to focus on. I hope all of them do that. Uh, you know, the one thing I say, I mean, I'm speaking to you as an analyst. I'm also a citizen of the city, and um, I, I, I want to see uh, the next mayor be someone who is not just someone who can win an election, but can govern the city. And Preckwinkle's baggage, what do you see that as? You know, look, she has, uh, she has great strengths um, in that she has a lot of experience, spent many years in the city council. She's run a government. Um, you know, sometimes I wonder why she wants the job, however, because, um, you know, she, there's clearly parts of it that sh she doesn't love, and part of it is dealing with people like you. Yeah. Um, and when you're mayor, it's, you know, the, the county board presidency is kind of a sleepy outpost. When you're mayor, there's a room full of people whose job it is to keep an eye on you uh, throughout, and you're asked to comment on everything. You can't duck anything. Um, she's and, not used to that. And she's not particularly good about um, hiding her displeasure. Yeah. So that irascibility is something that um, can plague her in the campaign, and it, it, it can bedevil her as mayor if she gets elected. Before we go, can you give us a quick uh, person that you think is the up-and-comer in the Democratic Party nationally for president? You know, I, uh, there too, I think it's, it's, it's not an obvious question, um, you know, the... There's a lot of interest right now in Beto O'Rourke, who ran in Texas, um, did better than any Democrat has done in 20 years. They raised $70 million, inspired young people across the country. I'd keep an eye on him. Sherrod Brown, the uh, senator from Ohio, who won in Ohio despite uh, Republicans doing well everywhere else in Ohio, uh, speaks very much to the, uh, the voter who has been, uh, who's the party's been losing, frankly. Um, you, you know, you've got Elizabeth Warren, you've got uh, Kamala Harris, and of course Joe Biden. Is uh, it got to be a new face as opposed to the old, back to the old? Um, you know, 
Uh, I'm a believer in renewal, and um, uh, but this is an unusual circumstance. I mean, the argument for a Biden and the one he'll make if he runs is th this is a break glass situation, and you need someone who is. I know what the argument is, but what do you think? Um, I think that there's going to be a strong generational pull in 2020, and that may benefit uh, candidates who are who are newer faces. David, thank you so much. Fran, you know I, how much I admire you, not just for sticking it out all these years, but no one, uh, no one knows more about this city, this building, and politics in this city than you. So your readers are, are lucky to have you. And viewers. And viewers, yes. <laughs> Thanks for joining yeah. us.